Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. November 30th, Tuesday, 2021. Stand up for your country. So President Biden on the road again, uh, along with Willie Nelson. Um, and he's doing this, of course, to show that he's vibrant, in control, and uh, doing the nation's business. So he's off to Minnesota for a uh, speech and uh, exposition of the bipartisan infrastructure law. That's the 1.2 million, uh, I'm sorry, 1.2 trillion dollar bill it passed. And he's going to tell Minnesotans how it's going to benefit them. But he is not going to Minneapolis. Um, Why do you think? Because the Justice Department in Minneapolis, the justice system, I should say, not department, has collapsed. Totally collapsed. So over the weekend, um, two different Best Buy stores uh, were hit by thugs. 30 people ran in, smashed and grabbed. Um, And there are no arrests. That's almost impossible. Because remember, yeah, they have masks on everything, but there are cameras all over the place. Okay, so I guess these guys hide the license plates and, and do all that stuff. But no arrests. Nobody knows anything. And they got away with it. So tens of thousands of dollars. Now, Minneapolis was never known as a violent town. In fact, it was quite the opposite for many years. But in uh, 2019, there were 50 homicides. So far this year, 90. That's a double in a very small town. And all the other crimes are way up, too, from 19. 20 was a COVID year where there were a lot of, you know, mandates. You can't do this. You can't do that. So the comparison is 19 to 21. So in uh, Minneapolis, there is um, a very intense movement to defund the police. It was voted down in November, earlier this month. But the cops know. And the liberal governor and mayor and attorney general of the state, they have just created a wide-open, free-fire zone. So Joe Biden knows this, or should know it. Why wouldn't you go and address this? He won't mention it. Now, if I'm wrong, I will correct myself. Another thing that Mr. Biden is not mentioning, and this is, this is pretty interesting, are the COVID deaths in the USA. So for all of 2020, Donald Trump, there were 385,000 343 people die of COVID in the USA. 385343. So far this year, with a month to go, 389,329 have died. More people this year than when Trump was in office. So listen to Joe Biden, the candidate, when he said this on September 9th, 2020. And while this deadly disease ripped through our nation, He failed to do his job on purpose. It was a life and death betrayal of the American people. Experts say that if he had acted just just one week sooner, 36,000 people would have been saved. If he acted two weeks sooner back in March, 54,000 lives would have been spared in March and April alone. Okay, so we all expect propaganda on a campaign trail. And um, this fact that there were more deaths under Biden's first year than in Trump's last year is pretty startling. So you think the uh, White House press corps might ask about it now. 
So uh, my crack staff, and they are uh, the best in the business, I think, uh, we went through two weeks of transcripts from the White House press corps uh, asking um, the press secretary, Biden doesn't give press conferences, as you know, Jen Psaki, about COVID deaths. No, not once. No, no crime questions either. Not one. So what you have here is a zombie White House press corps that doesn't care to ask anything that might upset or make President Biden look bad. That is the state of affairs in America right now. Okay, so you know about the select committee in the House investigating the January 6th intrusion uh, in the state, in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. So they want all Trump's records, and Trump says no. They're in the National Archives, we're not handing them over. And now it's in court. So the federal court has to rule whether the House Select Committee overrides executive privilege and gets these documents. I'm going to predict that the Court of Appeals um, will say no. But it's possible that they say yes, and that'll be overturned by the Supreme Court. So the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, it's a liberal court. But even a liberal court has to know that all presidents have executive privilege and that a House committee looking to embarrass a president, all right, doesn't have the right to demand privileged documents. It doesn't have it. Now, should President Trump hand over the documents himself voluntarily? No. Because this isn't some kind of independent investigative body. This is a blatantly partisan. We want to damage Donald Trump so he doesn't run for president again. So no matter what you hand over, they'll cherry pick and make me look bad. Everybody knows that. So while I would love to know, uh, and I think I do know, but I'm not 100%, what Donald Trump did on that day from moment to moment to moment to moment, I would really like to know that um, based upon my reporting. But I, I can't report it as fact because it's anonymous sources. People in the White House, they said, look, O'Reilly will tell you what happened, but we don't want you to tell our name. And so, yeah, I'll take the background, but I'm not going to report it because I can't confirm it. And there's no name on it. That's called journalism. But anyway, from what I understand, it was chaos. Absolute chaos in the White House when this thing started. They didn't know what to do. They were watching television like everybody else. Okay, and they were trying to figure out a strategy because the president and everybody else knew most of the people breaking into the Capitol were Trump supporters. So eventually he told everybody to stop and go home. But was it quick enough? What was the debate? All of that. I can't and I've had no preconceived uh, uh, evidence that the White House knew this was going to happen or encouraged it at any level. So just as Joe Biden, you just heard him accuse Donald Trump of actually killing people because of incompetence, which is a total lie. And Biden's far more incompetent than Donald Trump ever was on COVID and everything else. This 
claim that somehow President Trump encouraged this. I can't find a shred of evidence to back that up. Maybe, maybe there is, but I can't find it, and I looked. My reputation's on the line because I'm going to be doing four shows with Donald Trump, the history tour. I can't be in a tank. i got to find out what happened as best I can. All right. New Trafalgar Group poll. This is a pretty accurate poll. 39 Democrat, 36 Republican, 25 nonpartisan. Question is, to what extent do you believe President Biden is responsible for the divisions in the American people? Responsible, 54. Not responsible, 46. Okay. By party, Democrats. Responsible, 21. Not responsible, 79. Well, 21% of Democrats, they say Biden's responsible for this deep division. Republicans, 88% responsible, 13 not responsible. Nonpartisan, these are the independent people, 64% responsible, 36% not responsible. So Biden's responsible. I mean, come on. On his first day in office, first hours, he was inside the White House. Biden stopped the wall. Closed down the pipeline, stopped a lot of fracking, and stopped a lot of drilling. First day, first hour. Okay, you didn't think that was going to cause a problem with some Americans? (laughs) And then subsequently, we've seen what happened. But he's responsible. Now, I get a lot of mail that says, look, is it over or will Americans come together ever again? The only thing that would put Americans side by side is an attack on us by a foreign nation or a terror group. Other than that, maybe an assassination of a president. Maybe. Um, But the culture divide is so enormous in this country. The bitterness in families and among friends and workplaces, bitterness, because it all comes back to people believe what they want to believe. And there are a lot of Americans, perhaps most, that don't know the facts, that don't seek the truth, and they just spout what they're, what they hear or whatever. And it's, it's, it's across the board, but when intelligent people, people who do care about fact-based analysis and news reportage, when they hear this gibberish, how do you think they react? I mean, when I hear somebody say something like that, I just look. I always have the same, I don't pounce, okay? I look them in the eye and I say, where did you hear that? Where did you get that? Oh, oh on the internet, or, or, you know, or I heard it on Rachel Maddow or something like that. And then I go, do you believe what you hear? And then they, they're like flummoxed. All right. They, they really don't know. But that's all I do. I don't try to correct them. I don't try to steer them on the right course. But I got to tell you, 10 years ago when I was doing a factor, I didn't get annoyed by this. I didn't. 
I didn't get annoyed by Juan Williams or the other lefties, and I had one or two on every night. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill. I, I didn't get annoyed by them. I mean, I outdebated them, I think, clearly. But did it tee me off? No. Now it does. Because there's so much at stake now. And the country, these radical leftists, these progressives, they want to change the country in a way that's so harmful that it gets me annoyed now, where it didn't used to. Okay, here's a good example. So Newton North High School in Massachusetts is a school for rich kids. Newton, Massachusetts, very affluent suburb of Boston. And in that school, there's a principal, Henry Turner. Okay, there is Henry. He's a big lefty, always has been a lefty. Everybody knows he's a lefty, and that's fine. You can hold liberal points of view and be a high school principal. So after the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, um, Principal Turner says, we're going to have a segregated space for staff and students of color to process the jury verdict. That means if you are a student at Newton North High School, you can't go to a certain part of the building. That's off limits to you unless you're black. Okay, now you say, isn't that a violation of civil rights? No, it's not the way the civil rights laws are written, but it is in spirit. So Henry Turner dividing the school based upon what? A jury verdict? That was legitimate. That's what you should be teaching the students at Newton North High, that the jury system works. The evidence always, not always, but should always be the determining factor, not Henry. Now, we also got a report that the University of Michigan's medical school was doing the same thing. Okay, and and basically saying, and by the way, Henry told his students if Kyle Rittenhouse had been black, he would have been convicted. Outrageous, outrageous that someone would even say something like because it creates racial strife. The principal of the school is stoking racial strife among the students. And faculty. So we, we looked into this University of Mid- uh, Michigan Medical School. I can't confirm it. And that separates me from everybody else because everybody else would have used it along the same lines, but I'm not going to do it. Now, this kind of hateful stuff is on display almost every day on Disney, ABC. Roll it. Sonny, if he were black, would he be free now? No, he wouldn't be alive now. I disagree that it was a cut and and dried case of self-defense. Now, that woman's a moron, okay? I mean, she's just dumb. I don't care what color she is. She's dumb. So she doesn't agree with the verdict. Was she in the courtroom? No. Okay? Did she discuss it with the other jurors? No. And she says that if Kyle Rittenhouse had been black, he would be dead. Just think of a step back, step back, okay? And think about that statement. 
Disney pays this woman millions of dollars to spew this kind of hatred. Disney. It's just staggering when you really break it down to its essential level. It's what it is. Jussie Smollett. All right, let me run this down. I never cared much about this, even though I know it's important. So on January 29th, 2019, Smollett, who is an actor, okay, told Chicago police he was attacked by two people wearing Make America Great Again hats. And they did all kinds of terrible things to him, including putting a rope around his neck. All right, that's what he told the cops. A month later, a Cook County grand jury found probable cause that Smollett himself staged the attack. Okay, so he was indicted on 16 felony counts by a grand jury. But the state attorney's office dropped the case. Okay, now this is one of the most corrupt things we have ever seen. The state attorney, Kim Fox, put a picture up there, okay, drops the case even though a grand jury indicts the guy for 16 counts. Now, the state of Illinois had to take the case away from Fox, which they did. They had to. Because this is such a violation of our justice system. So they take the case away from her and they give it to a special prosecutor, Dan Webb, who comes back with four counts, okay, uh, including a class four felony against Smollett. His trial begins today. Now, the trial depends on two African men who have told the police and the prosecutors that Smollett paid them thousands of dollars, okay, to fake this incident, this racial incident. Smollett wanted to gin up a race-based incident to give himself publicity, to make himself a martyr. That was the motive. These two guys are going to testify that he paid them to do it. So, if I'm Smollett's defense attorney, the only chance I have is to tear these two guys apart on a stand in cross-examination, which might happen. So I'm not going to prejudge the case. Smollett says he's innocent. The guy, he, got, he really got attacked. That's what he says, okay? The odds that he'll be convicted, about 80% unless the lawyer can shake these two guys. Now, this story became very political, very fast, with Kamala Harris leading the way. So here's what Kamala Harris said on January 29th, right when the incident happened, this was an attempted modern day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality, or color of their skin, we must confront this hate. Kamala Harris. There she is. Now, she was a senator at the time. She convicted the phantom people and totally exonerated Jesse Smollett. This is the essence of Vice President Harris, who was a district attorney 
and an attorney general herself. No due process. Doesn't exist in her mind. All right. Now, I'm not going to cover the dopey trial. The others will. When it comes in, the verdict comes in. I'll give it to you. If there is some kind of, you know, startling display, I'll, of course, do it. But um, this is bad. It shows you a corrupt Cook County, Chicago. I mean, imagine that woman, Fox, state, state prosecutor, dropping all charges after a grand jury indicts on 16. It's unbelievable. OK, so last night, I hope you were with us. I, I reported something that has not been reported anywhere. In my opinion, based on the facts that I'm seeing, there is a new subculture in America, younger, maybe age 12, 13 to 26, that zone, of people, mostly males, who are sociopaths. That means they have no human feelings. They can hurt you and then go over and have a Big Mac. They don't care about hurting other people. They don't care about the law. They don't care about school, education, their country, their parents. They don't care about anything but themselves. They're sociopaths. That's why you're seeing these horrendous, violent crimes all over the inner cities of America. Because this crew, and they number millions now. It's like a contagion. It used to be a sociopathic person was isolated and scorned. Now that's not true. There are excuses made. Starts in the public school system. When a disruptive student is allowed to disrupt all the way through, handed a diploma that he or she didn't earn, and goes out, can't make a living because they could probably not read or write, and then enters the gang system and a life of crime. But these people are particularly vicious. So you all know I wrote Killing the Mob. And you don't get more vicious than the people I was talking about in that book. But it was a totally different mindset. They were criminals based upon an organization that was solely driven for money. This new subculture is driven by violence. Violence. Violence was bad for the mob's business. These people love violence. They love it. And they have guns and they will kill you. So I asked my staff to find a uh, somebody who works in this area. And uh, we have Dr. Lisa Palmer coming us from West Palm Beach, Florida. She's a psychotherapist and she's the founder of the Renew Center of Florida which deals with a lot of extreme personality disorders. So first of all, doctor, my subculture theory, it's what it is, but I believe it's true. Do you subscribe? Well, I know a heck of a lot about sociopaths, unfortunately. So you've come to the right place, Bill. Um, <laughs> it is uh, definitely rampant in our culture now. Um, due to the, the narcissism and a lot of entitlement. You hear a lot of parents complaining about that. But I owe a lot of it to, to media, to social media. And uh, a lot of kids, you know, trying to live up to standards that they're seeing out there. You know, they think that, you know, they think that success is something that they can grab onto outside of themselves instead of inside of themselves. 
they have a lot of healing that needs to be done, Bill. A lot of healing. Well, let's start at the beginning. Has parenting in the United States declined so drastically that we are now, as a nation, producing more sociopathic young people? Well, there's definitely been a change in the family in the last 20 years or so. Um, Some people will call it a breakdown of the family. Some people will call it a change of the family. A lot of kids, you know, they went home to no parents. They went home to parents that were using drugs, alcohol, problems. They have a lot of trauma, and a lot of that trauma has been unhealed. And as we say, hurt people hurt people. So when you don't heal that trauma, a lot of bad can happen. And a lot of these kids are exposed to media that is promoting violence. And they're playing video games, and they're running away in fantasy, and they're really not healing themselves, and they think that's the way. I don't know if any child can heal themselves. Um, I understand the video game component, but you can make the argument that millions and millions of children play video games. They don't turn about to be sociopaths. Um, I think the rap music industry has done tremendous damage to the inner city um, children of color by pumping into their brains that antisocial behavior is should be celebrated. Am I wrong there? Well, there's something different inside the mind of a sociopath where they lack morality, they lack ethics in the first place. So their brains are a bit different. But we generally are seeing a trend toward a lack of empathy in our culture due to narcissism, due to media promoting violence. You know, a couple of years ago, Bill, producers um, approached executives at a major network and said, hey, we have this great show about healing from trauma. Dr. Palmer could be the host of the show. They said, oh, Dr. Palmer would be a great host of the show. But we're featuring we're featuring crime on our network now. I don't know if that's what people want to see or they want to see it because producers are featuring it. But that's what's happening. Well, and you should go back because people. now cops and all that are gone because of the defund police. So maybe you get a second shot. Now, let's talk about the public school system. It used to be that if the parents were derelict, and millions and millions and millions of parents are, in a variety of different ways. I mean, you can understand how a young child who's beaten, ignored, subject to terrible behavior by their parents, watching all this, live in chaos, they come out at six or seven years old, all right, and they're already so damaged emotionally, they don't know what to do. And as you said, hurt people, hurting inside, hurt other people. But it used to be that the public school system had an apparatus to at least try to deal with these very, very disturbed young children. That seems to have evaporated. Bill, a long time ago when I was training to be a counselor, I worked in Lauderhill. I worked at Martin Luther King Boulevard at a school there, at a public school. And I can tell you, it was something like I've never seen. I went to public school, I went to parochial school, and I went to private school. But that school was chaos. There was no learning that was had there. It was just like they were trying to control the kids. They were trying to parent the kids. It was nuts, to be honest with you. And I don't know how any kid can even learn in an environment like that. So they're more focused on parenting kids or trying to parent kids in those schools. And they're even teaching them what they need to learn to get to the next level. 
Well, they're not even so trying to do that. Situation. Yeah, that's not even. See, look, the, the nationwide progressive trend is no grades and, and no attendance either. Um, so they're not even trying anymore. But it used to be when I was teaching high school in Opelika, Florida. You may know that area. Don't get worse than that. OK, it used to be and it was a private school um, that a troubled kid would be red flagged. And there would be an attempt, often failed, to try to bring some therapy to that child within the school day. That's gone. That doesn't even happen anymore. Well, they have a lot of interns working at the schools. It's, interns, you right. know, it, it, it's a matter of money as well. And uh, a lot of the schools are overcrowded. Class sizes are big. They don't have a proper environment in a lot of these schools for kids to learn. You know, open walls, and you know, you can't learn in that kind of environment. Uh, it's look, very difficult. Look, that's exactly right. And every <laughs> test score, every study shows it. No discipline in the school. No learning in the school. Final question for you. It looks to me that this downward spiral that has led to this rise of a subculture, which is ultra violent, is not going to be turned around anytime soon. I don't see any mechanism in this country to do it. Faith based collapsed. All right. Religion, church collapsing. Public school system collapsing. All right. Progressive left doesn't want to deal with it and in fact makes excuses for it. So I don't see how this gets any better. Can you give me some hope? Honestly, neither do I, but I am developing an app that will hopefully help to change things globally by bringing more balance and peace of mind to people. And that's all that we can do for those of us who have that purpose and have that mission to, to spread the word, you know, to really help people to bring wealth from within themselves. But I absolutely agree with you. A lot of people look into social media, looking to become famous and not really knowing how to become successful. You know what reality really, Bill, not, not knowing the reality of what it takes to achieve success and to be truly happy from within. They're right. living in some kind of fantasy land. And now they won't even isolate those people to protect most other people who are not sociopathic. Now they let them out on the streets to run wild and hurt. Hey, doctor, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks very much for helping us out. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD 
1-800-522-65532. Okay, Chris Cuomo, um, you know, uh, look, I know the man. I don't have anything against him. Um, obviously, he's not a journalist. When I was at Fox, he was working there for a brief time, and I came to me for some advice, and I gave it to him. Um, he uh, obviously helped his brother, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, who had to resign because of all kinds of accusations against him. Um, and now, uh, because of a New York state investigation, it has shown that Chris Cuomo used his media position to try to help his brother. Am I surprised? No, I'm not. Okay, there are no standards of journalism at CNN. They're gone. The only question now is, with all of the negative publicity, including leftists, Rolling Stone magazine, leading the charge to get Cuomo fired, will that happen? And I honestly don't know. I know AT&T that owns CNN wants to dump CNN, wants to sell it. There have seen to be very few buyers, a guy named John Malone who might buy it. But this is a news organization that's completely collapsed. So I don't know what's going to happen to Chris Cuomo. This day in history, interesting story, November 30th, 2001. The Green River Killer was arrested. Now, this man was the worst serial killer in American history, Gary Ridgway. He's now 72 years old. For 20 years, even more than that, okay, he murdered people in the Northwest. Now, it began in 1982 when a 16-year-old, Wendy Lee Kofeld, was found near the Green River. Green River is uh, outside of Seattle in King County. So Wendy Lee was found dead. And quickly, Ridgeway became a suspect. But he passed the lie detector test, and they let him go. Three, five years later, five years later, okay, um, Ridgeway was forced to provide a DNA sample. But the authorities botched it in Washington State, and he was not arrested. Then they put a task force together because bodies kept piling up, okay? And they talked to Ted Bundy, another serial killer. And Bundy told them that the M.O. of a serial killer is to go back to the grave of the person he murdered on the anniversary of the killing. Okay. So that's what Ridgway did in one of his killings and dug up the body and the police found a body, not Ridgway. And they got DNA because from 82 to 2001, DNA and all the forensics was developed to a much higher extent. So by digging up a body, Ridgway provided a pathway to have him arrested. And he was okay. And on November 5th, 2003, he pled guilty. Now, He says he killed 70 people. He was convicted of 48. But again, the worst serial killer in U.S. history was arrested this day, 2001. Right back with mail and a final thought on Christmas. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. 
So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here we go um, with our very fun week. So Thursday night, two nights, 48 hours, we're going to have a town hall. And I'll be here, and I'll be answering your questions, okay? So if you want to submit the questions in advance, and that's good because we can get them up on the screen, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, and we'll select them. But during the program, it'll be about an hour, you can also email us, Bill at BillOReilly.com, and I'll read live questions. So we're going to do both, because you may have something that I say you might want to follow on up. Now, I can guarantee you this will be an entertaining hour. The only rub is you got to be a premium or concierge member of BillOReilly.com to get it. So I know a lot of you are watching us on the first, listening to us on WABC and other radio outlets. Um, it's worth it. Come a BillOReilly.com premium member. Get a free book, any one of my books, Killing the Mob or anything else. Give it as a gift. It's worth it. You get all kinds of perks and stuff. So we hope you check it out. I'm looking forward to that town hall, you know, and think of good questions for me. Trump uh, thing coming up, the Trump tour. You may have something you want me to ask uh, President Trump, something like that. All right, let's go to the mail. Uh, Carl, concierge member, Carl has direct access to me. It's a disgrace. There's no accountability. The crime will never stop. Why should it? Smash and grab. So would you steal? Kill anyone who gets in your way. No consequences. It can be reversed. But take a very strong president and attorney general to do it. This all comes from the Justice Department, even though the states are in charge of their local situations. Justice Department can cut off money to the states that don't enforce the law. That's the solution to this. Robert, concierge member, excellent lead into the No Spin News. I believe a major factor in the increase of youth violence. Computer games where the player is a gun, supposed to kill vast numbers of people to achieve a high game score. Yes, but it's not as bad as the rap. It's not. Most children know the fantasy, but that rap stuff, really bad. John, Bill, glad to hear you're on the rebound as a long-practicing physician. I loved your commentary on mindset and dealing with life's challenges. I like the 10 two-letter words that sums it all up. If it is to be, it's up to me. little prayer on the side helps as well. You know, I said a lot of prayers. You know, I did, but it wasn't like, oh, make me better. It wasn't that. It was like, look, if you want to torture me, I'll accept it. <laughs> that was the prayer. 
But I hope you don't. You being the divine power. Sarah Corfiti, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Bill loved the column about the Biden's Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you very much for the laugh. I hope everybody reads a very Biden Thanksgiving on BillOReilly.com. John Chellis, Twin Falls, Idaho. While driving in my motorhome from Florida, Texas, I listened to Killing the Mob audio. I've read the majority of your books, Bill, and this is one of the best. Killing the Mob is now on another sales surge. And I know it's Christmas. I mean, my strategy to you is give dad or granddad three or four killing books, and that'll shut them up the whole Christmas vacation. That's my strategy there. Elmer Sagehorn, Elmwood Park, Illinois. Ordered my friends and family Christmas gifts on the BillOReilly.com store. God bless you, O'Reilly, and your staff. Enjoy the season. You know the store? We did record, almost record business yesterday in Cyber Monday. Stuff flying out. You know what really surprised me? I knew that the, the uh, God Bless America Christmas ornaments um, were going to do well because they're really very moderately priced. They look great. But the stand-up for your country stuff, you know, the mats and the aprons and the mugs and the hats, this has been around now for more than a year. But people are really getting teed off about the state of America. And this is the statement. So all of that and more is in the Bill O'Reilly Christmas store. Word of the day, do not be a coxcomb. C-O-X-C-O-M-B. Back with a final thought on Christmas giving in a moment. Okay, final thought of the day. The average American spends $1,000 on gifts for Christmas and Hanukkah. Okay? 1000 bucks. Sounds like a lot, but it isn't. Because you got to do the urchins, right? You got to do mom and dad, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, boss. You give the boss some, you know, a book. Give the boss a book. That's a neutral gift. You know, if he's an O'Reilly fan or she is, got lots of books. But books are good for boss. Mom, you got to ask mom. Mom, what do you want? Oh, I don't know. Drive you nuts. But sooner or later, she'll spill it. Dad, books are really good for dad. Um, And anything on a hobby level. So dad's a golfer, you know, that kind of thing. Now, the urchins, older urchins, younger urchins, you know what they want. But older urchins, it's all electronics. That's what they want. And a lot of stuff is really expensive, as you know. So, you know, depending on performance. You know, my son, my whole life I said good boys get good things. All right? Good boys get good things. Good girls get good things. Kids been good. You got to reward it. Not so good. You have a discussion. I would, of course, always give. A nice gift to my children. I always have, even if they annoy me. But if the kid's been exemplary, you step it up. But remember, give as much as you can on Christmas. It's hard sometimes, but that's the right thing to do. We'll see you tomorrow.